Thanks for joining Lunch Plus today. Hi. Welcome to Wednesday. Lunch Plus with us. Hey, yeah. that rhymes. Yeah, it did. Lunch Plus with us. <laughs> nice. Lunch Plus with us. George W. Nauer is here with us today. It's me. Every time you say his middle initial, I'm waiting for Bush. <laughs> no, George it's w. very Bush close, is though. With us today. It's a sign of greatness. It's a sign of greatness. As you are hopping on, make sure that you comment, tell us who you are, where you're watching from, so that we can say hello to you. It is the family time of Holly. Lunch Plus, so we want to chit-chat with you. Um, I think Lisa Lamb beat Johnny today for the first one on. So By Lisa, Nicely done. Lisa, Nicely way done. to go. Lisa's on, Johnny's on, Mrs. Crabtree is Sorry, on. Hi, Mom. Holly's on. We've got a whole bunch of people. Debbie Myers is on. So if you're on, comment. Tell us who you are, where you're watching from, and share the broadcast. It's going to be a good one. It is. What do we have coming up today? Oh, ho, ho. well, let me tell you. <laughs> Go ahead. We got some good stuff coming up today. We will be starting off at noon with a, what we're calling food mash. Yes. That's one that Woo. I'm not particularly excited about, but it's going to be fun. Then we're going <laughs> to follow that up with uh, our most recent Truth Talk video. That's gonna be awesome, good yes. word. Uh, watched it yesterday and it's some good stuff, so I'm excited about that. Then we're gonna follow that up with uh, Top 10. That's gonna be a segment that we're gonna start doing where uh, I'll, we'll talk about it later. And then <laughs> followed up by the next installment of The Man Who Would Be King. It's gonna be awesome. Pastor Nicole says, hello from Baden. Me, not him. <laughs> Me, not him. <laughs> Becca Beard says, hello. Debbie Meyer says, good morning, guys. Your mom says, hi, buddy Crabtree. And Lisa says, have a blessed day. Back to work I go. Lisa, we love you. Thanks for coming on just to share have the broadcast. Have a wonderful day. You are a blessing, and yes. we love you. As we're hopping in today, we want to chit-chat with you. Have some questions. Let's dive in. Question number one. I like how you always add some music to it. <laughs> what word is a lot of fun to say? Oh, that's for easy it. for me. My favorite word to say is masks. <laughs> the thing people Come on, wear everyone on say face. it with me. Masks. 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 There's that. <laughs> that's just super satisfying to say. I, I really, really enjoy big, long words that are complicated to say. No. So like, I know. I do. Oh, surprise! So like, anti-disestablishmentarianism, that's a really mm. fun one. Also, not long, soup. Soup is a fun one to say. After a while, like, the soup. more you say soup, soup, it just turns into a not real sounding word. Kevin soup. said pretentiousness. Pretentiousness. <laughs> so, anti-disestablishmentarianism. Like, my brain spoiled. realized that Whatever there was more to the word pretentious. Yes. And I said soup. Mine is moo cow. I like to say moo cow. You cannot say moo cow without smiling, <laughs> as Buddy just proved. <laughs> moo cow. There it is, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Becca says discombobulated. That's a good one. Yep. Rachel says socks. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie guess, says moist. It bugs everyone. And our reaction <laughs> proves her point. That was funny to watch Ew. back here. Um, moist did, is gross. So did you actually know that there's a phobia for the fear of long words? Yes. Wow. Should I try to read it to you? You should. Is it a long word? Yes. <laughs> Hippopotamonstrosesquipedaleophobia. Wow. Miss Joni says my favorite word to say is Ishibisheth. No, she put Ishibisheth. That's Thank funny. you, Joni. I really That's appreciate awesome. that, but I really don't. 
I love William. William, William. says bovis, spongiform, encephalopathy. You can't make up words. It doesn't count. <laughs> Johnny <laughs> says supper. <laughs> hey, preach. Or sunshine. Or sunshine. That's sweet. Okay, number two. Question number two. Bum -ba -da. What's the grossest food you love to eat? Interesting. The like, grossest food you love. Oh, <laughs> Nicole said octothorpe. Octothorpe. octothorpe is a good one. Uh, so what's the grossest food you love to eat? Like that other people think is gross. Mm. Mm. I know which one you do that I think is gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I was in third grade, I'd be like boogers. <laughs> but I'm not. You <laughs> ate your boogers in third grade? There's always that one kid in class. <laughs> and that was you? <laughs> <laughs> I tried it once, because everybody does. Whether you admit it or not, everybody tries it. I, I never tried. <laughs> you haven't lived. Abby says... Calamari. Sorry. Oh, I like calamari. Abby calamari. says liver mush. Prilla says cow tongue. Kevin Ooh. says calamari. I Rachel. like calamari. Calamari is good. Rachel says peanut butter, banana, and mayonnaise sandwich. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> like a thing down here. What? Down here. That's a thing down, down here down, in North down. Carolina. Like that's a thing. I've never eaten it, but Pastor Nicole's talked to me about it enough mm. that it's probably going to end up on a segment for, and it's just going to be South Northerners, Northerners try Southern <laughs> things or something. Northerners <laughs> try Southern things. You realize we're three Yankees hosting this? It's true. Welcome <laughs> to the Southern Yankee Hello. broadcast. <laughs> I just love it. Like, so for George, I think the grossest thing George eats is... <laughs> um, yeah, I am. Like one of those canned meat dinner things that you eat. Like, like corn, beef stew? Like, no, it's like whatever the, the corn, meat there's is. There's a corned beef hash. Yeah, that's Or chili. Gross. Or... That's gross. The corned beef hash is really gross. That sounds like something from a... Old Christmas Carol. Yeah. <laughs> I need an accent. Like figgy pudding. It's, ew, Prilla says Vienna sausage. That's nasty. Spam, that's also nasty. Gross. <laughs> Ramen noodles? Ramen noodles are great. Like, that would probably be my ramen answer. Are good. I like ramen noodles. You, you can make ramen noodles really good. <laughs> there you go. Becca, See, Becca. says Vienna, Vienna sausages and Ooh. ramen noodles. Together? Interesting. Hmm. Oh, she said not together, separately. Oh, okay. Pastor Nicole says potted meat or sardines on crackers. Yep. Sardines? Uh, no. Jade says spam is amazing. You Chicago go, is more Midwest, Johnny. You, you go. Jade Thank says you. spam is amazing. Mm -mm. I've never had spam. <laughs> I don't think need, need is, is a, a word that goes mm. along with spam. Like, I don't think it's you need to do that. Yeah. I don't think so. I think it's like something that has to happen to you. Like it's not. It has to. Ha it has to be <laughs> forced upon yeah. you. You can't. No one just. Wakes William up one day. says Vienna sausage is a gift from God. I okay. don't think so. Your God is different than mine. Then, like I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you could fry spam. Jade says sauerkraut. Huh. Oh, okay. Well, two Ew. people said fried spam is great. Huh. Weird. You just got to combine them, Jade. You know That's the most popular state food for a while. Um, like back in 2014 was deep fried butter, like a stick of deep fried butter. I forgot about that. So I feel like if yeah. people will eat that, that like yeah. deep fried spam probably tastes like nothing except for like grease. If You're people one step will away. eat that, they hate themselves. Yeah. Like they're just like, I just want to, I want to see Jesus soon. <laughs> I'm going to eat myself some deep fried no, butter. <laughs> I don't know if Vienna sausage would be good after Jesse's Duplantis' story. Yeah, from his uh, his expired one that he ate, and he thought You're he was going to die. You're about to die from expired Vienna sausage, <laughs> Jack. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
I don't know how it doesn't melt, Jade. Like, they probably I'd, have to freeze it. Well, I you mean, you can have deep fried water. You can have deep fried uh, ice cream, and mm -hmm. if you can do deep fried ice cream, then yeah. butter's got to be. Yeah, if it's frozen and you just and you batter it up well enough and put it in for not too long, it'll caramelize around it. Yeah. So like deep fried water is just an ice cube, and mm. then it just. Yeah. Sounds horrible. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know why you would want to do that. Take yeah. something healthy and make it not healthy. <laughs> Joni says, buddy, if you've had grandma's ham salad, then you've had spam. I have not had uh, grandma's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, question number three. Dun, da, da. I'm going to go trace. What word do you, do you often misspell? Typing misspell. that? Yeah, misspell was <laughs> misspell. one that I like, double-checked. Yeah. Like, am I about to do this with the wrong amount of S's? Two S's. S's. <laughs> How does that work? For me, it's any word that has an E and an I next to each other. Mm -hmm. I never get those right. I know there's the I before E, except after C. And except sounding like A, neighbor and way. way. Yep. Yeah. Well, like, because that's, like, there's so many words that don't follow that rule, like feisty and neighbor. Well, you already said that. But, like, there's so many words that don't follow that rule, so I just never get it right. <laughs> for <the> super <laughs> I Prilla for the win. <laughs> guarantee is the one for me that I oh yeah that I often switch. Like I'll do like G U A R A N T E E, mm -hmm. and my phone's like, no, Barrett, the U's not there. Don't mm -hmm. do that. Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah. That's, that's good. That guard. Mm -hmm. You'd think an army guy would be able to spell guard. Yes. Stuff. <laughs> Stuff. Guard. 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 <laughs> I like that nobody's commenting because they're like, I don't want to tell you which one I don't Nobody want to spell. Wants, <laughs> no one wants to spell it wrong. Ooh, that's a good one, Pastor Va Nicole. Vacuum. Vacuum. They're both I realized, right. I realized this morning that sheriff is another one for me that I oh, sure. will do yeah, yeah. wrong. I'll oh, put the yeah. double R yeah. instead of one R. <laughs> I literally got in an argument with Word. Microsoft Word told me it was misspelled. I was like, no, it's not. I went to a dictionary. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> Supper, super, desert, dessert, Johnny. Yep. We're going to have super tonight. Super what? Super, super. Super. Ooh, lieutenant. That's a good one, Mr. Kennan. Yeah, and if you're... Wait, isn't there an I in there? <laughs> yes, yes. I don't is. know. Yeah, L -I, I, I learned that by lieutenant. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think there's an I in there. If you're, I don't uh, know if I've ever spelled lieutenant before. Well, if you're British, you <laughs> had an F in there. Lieutenant. William put colonel, and I think, yep. colonial. I think it's spelled colonial, right? Yeah. It's spelled colonial, but it's actually pronounced colonel. Yeah. So many weird words. Yes. Like colonel mustard <laughs> always messed me up. Kevin says glue. point proven. Like <laughs> knife. <laughs> point proven. Miss Debbie says beacon for bacon. She has no idea why. <laughs> that happens. Interesting. Ooh, regarding. I, that's a good one. Mrs. Crabtree See? says I always spell yeah. regarding wrong. You have garden. Regarding. Regarding. Yeah. I'm going to start saying it that way. Regarding. See, and then it's a fun word to say. Oh, so rewarding this thing. <laughs> you can't help but smile. Rewarding. Watch the next time I preach and I say, rewarding. like I'm reading the Bible and I read it, reward. <laughs> so rewarding this brethren. I'll laugh. <laughs> okay, last question and then we're going to dive into today. Uh, what's your, back in my day, we... Yeah, I figured this would be a fun one for you. Yeah, you put that on there. I, I did, <laughs> just for you. <laughs> We had to wind our tape players up. Both you guys. What? <laughs> you don't know what eight tracks are. You yes, don't know I do. what that is. Okay. I know what you it is. Experience. I never experienced it. I know what it is. <laughs> the car I learned how to drive on had one. We never had to use the pencil to inside the cassette tape to roll the tape back up. I did have to do that because my first cassette tape was a Cat Stevens cassette tape. <laughs> well, okay. yeah, and I actually had to do sp like spelling things where I recorded myself saying my spelling words on a cassette 
and then spelling them out. I actually found one of them the other day, and it's kind of creepy to listen to. <laughs> you had to what? You had to record your voice and spell it out? Yeah, like back that was, in my that day, we went to I had school. to do that for my spelling oh. class. <laughs> okay. Um, Kevin says, back in my day, I used to dial a phone. Sure. One. Four. One. Like, obviously, this doesn't age me compared to some people, but like. Back in my day, I had to use a floppy disk. Well, like, what I was going to say is back in my day, like, when we when we were putting together a Christmas list, we would have a catalog and yes! we'd have to circle the things oh, yeah. that we wanted. The big yep. Toys R Us and JC Penny catalog. Yep, the JC Penny catalog. Instead that. of like now, I just send people my Amazon mm -hmm. like yes. wish list. But then I had to like you had to go through the catalog. Yep. I really wanted a Game Boy Advance SP, and I never Ooh. got it. Super disappointed by that. Sorry, Mrs. Mom. Crabtree, <laughs> yeah. you could really like, <laughs> like bless him this you Christmas. Could. You could. Yes, I want a Game Boy Advance <laughs> SP. <laughs> I've been waiting for it for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we thank you for being on with us today. We are about to hop in to our first segment, Food Mash. Make sure that you share the broadcast. It is going to be a great <laughs> one. We will see you back here in 30 seconds. We love you, and it's going to be a good one. Man, my day, I was younger. It is time for Lunch Plus. Welcome to Lunch Plus, guys. It's going to be awesome. I like how this is labeled Buddy yes. Spit Cup. <laughs> this is good. This is You're going to spew, spew into this. We've got an awesome broadcast lined up for you today. What do they have to look forward to today, BC Tree? Okay. <laughs> today we have, we're starting off with Food Mash. I'm not excited about this, but it's still going to be fun. Um, we're mashing foods together, and we're going to eat them. Then we're going to follow that up with a Truth Talk segment. It's going to be great. Uh, followed up by Top 10, where Barrett's going to talk about her Top 10 something. I'm not going to say what it is right now. You'll have to stick around to find out. And then we will follow that up with the next installment of The Man Who Would Be King, and it's going to be awesome. Kevin says awesome, he likes awesome, BC, awesome. BC Tree. Tree. You're welcome. It's based, that's my email. Awesome, <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, so right now is Food Mash. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so... Food Mash is basically Thank you, Pastor. a whole bunch of foods that are really interesting that probably should never be put together, and we're about never. to decide if they work together or not. You guys have bottled water. Can I get one? Yes, we have a water. So we have yes. a spit cup because we have not tried any of these concoctions yet. And just in case, we have a bigger spit cup. Yes. <laughs> By we. <laughs> just in case. Buddy's, we hold, Buddy's holding it. Buddy was concerned that this was not big enough for him. I was concerned. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> okay, so we have, I believe, four, four different combinations of foods. Four or five. We're going to try them. One of them, we're going to have to, we don't know what they are. Like, Pine Holly asks if it's like pineapple and ham on pizza. I think it's going to be a little bit weirder I think than that. That would, that would be good. I feel That's like not that would be worse than what we're doing today. That is good. Pineapple and pizza. You okay, let's try weird. our very first co <laughs> combination of right, here we go. food. I have my spit cup ready. Okay, so this one is Slim Jims with pickles. Oh, good. 
It Which doesn't I sound that bad. Now this you is something. You guys like pickles. We're starting light. Yeah, I would do light. this now. Like this would be something I'd eat now for right. a meal. So what are the rules? You got to eat the whole thing. You've got to eat it. Yes, the whole thing. Can you drink water cool afterwards? Yeah. Is this a race? Can I eat them individually? No. <laughs> okay. Three, two, one. Cheers. This is enjoyable. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Going back to what we were talking about earlier, food combinations as you like that are weird. This is this is amazing. Yeah, this Guys, is a good one. Go home and eat this. Yeah. How this are you doing? Good. <laughs> George does not care for this. You don't like pickles or? Something? Nope, I'm good. I finished it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Me too. Yeah. Uh, that was Slim Jim and pickle. Thank you for putting that one first. Slim Jim and pickles. So okay. Are the pickles kosher? <laughs> Okay, so thumbs up or thumbs down, Slim Jim and Pickles. Ooh. If you like pickles, absolutely. For I'm, you, was this a thumbs up for you? This isn't okay, because the Slim Jim kind of made up for it. Okay. This is a win. I think this is a win. This, this is a win. I thought that was this great. Okay, I'll hand this off. Wow. And we have another combination coming. You forgot Buddy's Cup. Uh, dun, dun, dun. You got your own trash can. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got my own. Oh, mm, mm, mm. It was a dill pickle. <laughs> I'm not excited for this one. What's with the pickles? This is olives and salsa. My joy <laughs> is in the world. I'm enjoying being here so much. Yeah. So I, oh, there are two olives in this. I Rachel like Ann right. Hey, guess what? There's only one of my toothpicks, so oh. that's all I'm eating. No, we've got to down the whole thing. What? Yeah. You got to drink this? Yes. Whole thing in your mouth. Okay, fine. Okay, this is green can... olives Why do I have a and salsa. Then? And Rachel Ann Wright, who assembled these, says that this is really s spicy salsa. So we have water. I love you so much. <laughs> okay, I like salsa, but not olives. Right. So I'm. I like salsa, and not olives too. Okay. Three, two, one. For Jesus, one, two, three. <laughs> I really don't want to do this. Wow, that's disgusting. Yep, we're not doing that again. That wasn't great. Down. Uh. Two not thumbs good. down. Ah, not good. Thanks. Oh, hey. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not good. It's not good. Like I don't think. Yeah. I think if you liked olives, you would probably like it. It's yeah. True. But none of us at this table like olives. Nope. That was not great. So that made it even better. <laughs> so it was green olives and salsa. You <laughs> just give us the thumbs up. <laughs> green olives and salsa. Does it work together? Never. Uh, we're gonna go with Never. no. No. Olives don't go good with anything. Yeah, that's a good no, point. Not, not, not even good. on pizza with pineapples. Ugh, gross. Okay. Here's this. And then I'm going to... How can whoop. I get the flavor out of my mouth? Well, we're about... Beverage? This is a beverage. This is oh, Powerade good. and Mountain Dew. Oh, oh, I did this all the time nice. in college. <laughs> nice. Thanks for... What's behind the... I, I, called it, I called it a sunrise. A sunrise. Yeah, you would... You would fill your glass cup with Mountain Dew, and then you just put a spritz of Powerade, and then it had like a nice little like fade sunrise look <laughs> into it. Okay, so this is red Mountain Dew, or red uh, Gatorade, mm -hmm. Powerade, whatever, and Mountain Dew. Cheers. Okay, here we go. There's clink. Good. Hey. I liked it. Wow, Absolutely. That, that's a throwback. Absolutely, yes. Two thumbs up. I, th I think Barry likes it. 
No, there are things that taste like Robitussin medicine or like cherry. That stuff tastes good. No, yeah, it was good. It does. This tastes like medicine. This tastes I'm good. Not a fan. It is. I get more Double for thumbs up for me. Absolutely. No. So yes. red Powerade and Mountain Dew. Do it. Two, two out of three people. Two hold. out of three people. Yeah, that wasn't great. But it's better than the olives and salsa. Which isn't saying much. Oh, 100% better. There's more? There's one more. A this secret way. one. There's more. Uh -oh. Okay, so this is the... Is it alive? <sighs> Those were Rachel's nice ones. What, what's that supposed to mean? Those were the nice ones. And then Rachel asked if she could do a surprise one. Is, is Eo's birthday coming up? Where? <laughs> In September. <laughs> <laughs> this one... <laughs> This one, she blended everything together everything so, so that it's not separated. And from what I understand, there are many ingredients in this. Okay. I have a spit cup. It's not alive. Oh. Hey, there's four. Who else can we get on? It looks like, what was that, liver mush? Oh, this is weird. Oh! <laughs> I, should have a, I should have a spoon with this. Oh, if the you, smell is so bad. I don't bad. know if this helps. I don't want to know what these are. Um, it, oh. I don't know. It kind of looks like dirt. And dog food. It okay. looks like thrown up tacos. Is there, kind oh, of is this an extra like. one? Yep. Here. Okay. I'm just going to. Oh, good call. Show people. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> How am I supposed to eat this? There's no spoon. We need a spoon or something. Um, can we get a spoon really quickly or something really quickly to funnel it into our mouth? Um, okay, so according to Rachel, this is nacho cheese Doritos, ranch dressing, crushed up goldfish, barbecue sauce, and Cocoa Krispies. And what's great huh. is that at the bottom of this, I don't know if you can read it, there's a smiley face. <laughs> there's a smiley face on this. Kevin, would you like to participate? Is that what this is? Come on up. Oh, okay. Kevin is volunteering to come up for what this one right now. What an interesting... You get the plate. Here. There you go. You can use a spit cup if you need it. It sounds really good. That What's in here? Sounds you say it sounds excellent. really yes. good. Yes. Doritos, fan of Wait, ranch, yes. Good. Goldfish, yes. Barbecue sauce. You just sauce. picked it up like it was a Cookers. brownie. Yes. Did you just? Yeah. All right. I'm good with Your that. Your face looks like it's regretting this <laughs> okay. decision. Okay, here we go. All right. Let's do we this. We have forks. That's powerful. It's powerful. Power That's what I said about Jesus. Powerful in what way? Oh, it's so. Ooh. Oh, look at this. Yeah. It comes out in a club. <laughs> yeah, you got a club. It's like a popsicle. Ah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah, good. <laughs> oh, wow. I have to take it slow. Nothing about it. <laughs> there were so many flavors at once. <laughs> oh, no, it's happy. <laughs> You good? Wow. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> it's not that bad. It's, it's, really nice. it's not that bad. No. It's not that, it's not that good. There's no crying in baseball. It's not good. It's not that good either. <laughs> it's not that bad. Are you? Oh. It literally tastes like. And I don't want to put this image into my into my. Head. Uh. <laughs> Tastes like we just like scooped off the bottom of a trash. Just waiting. It's so bad. Oh, there it is. Yeah, there's a little aftertaste. There it is. Yeah. yeah. I'm literally crying. Uh, it's so there's no crying on baseball. 
<laughs> Eo, good job. You made Barrett cry. Good. This does not affect the birthday gift, not by any means. Like you put it in your mouth and the first thing that's there is chocolate, but it's not real chocolate. It's, not, it's a lie. The whole thing's a lie. It's Cocoa Krispies. The whole thing is a lie. I don't know what's happening to me like right now. I, I feel like Barrett would really struggle. Wow. <laughs> With her first trip to the field, yep. having to eat an MRE. Yep. I don't know what that That's was. Like, I yeah. had a reaction. I was yeah. not expecting to that. It's like a cliff bar. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's got the same kind of texture as a cliff bar. Like a cliff bar from hell. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a jump off the cliff bar. Like you. Yeah. Like the after um, taste is it's what like gets you. Ketchup. It's like stuck. <laughs> they might need the goldfish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you might need a goldfish. So yeah. when you bite into right, it, the chocolate hits yeah. you first. <laughs> You're, You're welcome. welcome. <laughs> Thanks for volunteering. <laughs> you goldfish roll? The chocolate yeah. hits you first. There you go. It'll or get rid of the taste. hit me first. And then there are Thank so you. many other things that happened there afterwards. It'll get rid of the taste. And it's in my teeth? Yeah. <laughs> it's in my throat. <laughs> that cliff part. Um, hey, you ate it all. Or is it no, I did not. <laughs> okay, <all right. laughs> no. Oh, well. I was going to say good job. <laughs> Okay, guys. That was fun. Yeah, thank you. You need to transition. I've got nothing right now. Like, there's a lot happening. <laughs> well, that, that is food mash. That is something I do not want to participate in next week. <laughs> but thank you for joining us for food mash. Now we are transitioning into this week's Truth Talk video. So, guys, thanks for joining us for food mash. Thank we'll you. See you soon. Like, I got in a serious mode, and I'm like, 
Not smiling. <laughs> well, I'm happy, guys. I'm happy. I started concentrating and I'm just gonna put I'm just gonna put like a little title below Barrett's face. Barrett is happy. This whole time. We promise. I wonder if you can get like permanent retainers that like just like hold at the dentist. Yeah, they just hold they just hold your cheeks. <laughs> Like if things are they used to open up your mouth yeah. before you have before you pass out. <laughs> Hold on. Before you pass out from the anesthesia. I did oh. not know where the end of the sentence was. I'm like, what happened when you went to the dentist? <laughs> like, 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 I got experience <laughs> no, like, you have. like the oral surgeon. Like I remember falling asleep and they were like, Let me put this in your mouth and I was like, Good luck. <laughs> I said pass out because I forgot the word anesthesia. You should have said Anastasia. Once upon a December. <laughs> Our worship team. So. I'm going to smile this time. Yeah, just taking our thoughts captive. That's something I know we all have had on our hearts recently. It's been something, I don't know, with quarantine or whatever, I've been struggling with recently. I've like been really trying to keep everybody happy and if there's any semblance of a or a serious face or a sad face I've taken it personal and like carried that weight yeah. on me and it has made me miserable mm -hmm. and so then come a week or two of taking every little thing on I am just not feeling myself and people are more worried about me because I'm not myself because I've taken on everybody's weights mm -hmm. that haven't even they could have been absolutely nothing wrong. They just yeah. weren't smiling. They were just focusing on something at the moment, but yeah. I took that on. And that's why it's so important. And in any situation, not just that, obviously, there's plenty yeah. of situations where we need to take our thoughts captive, but that's just a personal one recently that I've had on my heart. But what's so great about it is God gives us so many verses in his word about it and the wisdom with how to deal with that. But the first one that I just, it's one of my favorite verses in the world because I have to think about it every single day, is 1 Peter 5, 7. This is the amplified version, so it gives you everything. It tells you everything um, in extreme detail. But it says, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns once and for all on Him, on God. Because he cares about you with deepest affection mm -hmm. and watches over you very carefully. Yeah. So there should be nothing, no weight that I'm carrying, no concern yeah. if they're okay, no yeah. just cares and worries, no anxieties, anything yeah. that I should be carrying. I should cast that all upon God because he cares for me. He's got it handled. He's, he's the God who created the universe. He's big enough to handle my concerns yeah. and my anxieties. Yeah. And that's what I've had to keep on the forefront of my mind because it's so easy to think and meditate and live in a realm of, I, Barrett made a weird face during the broadcast today looking at me. She could be mad at this. Oh, well, I think I got into the office a little late today and think on it. And before I know it, it's a huge problem in my head. And she was just looking yeah. at me and thinking Yeah. when it was no problem at all. Yeah. That's how easy it is to 
create this whole thing. Well, Satan's the accuser of the brethren, you know? Right. So Satan, he comes to accuse you, trying to make you think that you're doing all these things wrong. Right. Of, you know, and maybe you both brought up examples. Maybe your flesh was trying to tell you, I was late today. I was late today. Barrett's going to be mad. And the more you yeah. dwell on it, the more you create a reality that's not even there. Right. And so because you allowed that thought, that seed of maybe Barrett's upset because she looked at me weird, that seed, you know, seeds produce something, you know. Yeah. So if you plant an apple seed, you're going to get an apple tree. If you plant a cucumber seed, you're going to get a cucumber. I don't know what cucumbers grow on, but let's just say they just spring up from the ground. I don't know. Either way, you're going to get whatever you plant. And here's the thing, you know, I, where I would miss this is recently I started, um, to feel condemned because I had a thought come in my brain and it's a thought that I've had before and I've put it down. But when it came back up this time, it just really bothered me. I'm like, right. man, I am just such like the thought came in of, I'm just such a crummy Christian. Here I am trying to encourage others. And I can't even control what, what thought comes in my head, which is right. another lie. Right. But you know, um, there's a quote that will say a lot, like you're not responsible for whether or not the birds fly over your head. You're responsible right. for whether or not they make a nest in your hair. So like the birds may fly over, but you determine if they stay. Mm -hmm. So, what I was doing is by giving those things life, I was then planting the seed inside of me. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, the thing that I feared the most would start to happen yeah. because I was dwelling on it and I was thinking about it. There's a verse that you have down like 2 Corinthians 10, um, 3 through 5. Right. In the New Living Translation, it says, we don't wage war as humans do. We're human, but we don't wage war simply as humans do. And we're taught that, you know, you care about it if you think about it. What you care about is what you're going to meditate on. So you're, you're more responsible by taking this care, by taking right. this concern. Yeah. Like you're, you're being diligent with what's in your hands. Yeah. And that's what normal what the world would call normal, yeah. it's normal to worry, it's normal to focus yeah. on this stuff, but we're not called to be normal. Like, right. if you if you know the Lord, and if you don't, we would love for you to know the Lord. Like, as soon as we give our lives to Jesus, all of a sudden, we have access to doing things a better way, a higher way, and we don't wage war against that. We have the power to take our thoughts captive, yeah. and as we do that, then we start to plant good things. So it's like a field of crummy things that you don't want to live and grow and yeah. a field of life. Like, which one are you going to want to plant yeah. things in? So when you let this crop die, the mm -hmm. one that's all the bad thoughts and all the junk and you start speaking and thinking on mm -hmm. things worthy of praise, then life starts to burst up yeah. inside of you. Yeah. Hey guys, welcome to our very first top 10 segment and today we are talking about top 10 cereal. These are my top 10 cereals. I expect this to be a very controversial conversation because I just, I have expectations for it. So we're going to dive right in with my top 10 cereal and we'll see if you guys agree at all. My number 10 cereal. Dun, dun, dun. Special K with red berries. I think Special K with red berries is delicious. 
I've had it, I think, once in my entire life. <laughs> Special K is awful. What? Awful. <laughs> Why? Awful. Why? It's like cardboard. Oh, but it tastes so good. True. It's like delicious cardboard. Oh, well, in that yeah. case. <laughs> okay. Yep. Uh, Buddy wants to know what a red berry is. It's like strawberries? Strawberries and raspberries? I, think. I feel like the whole thing is cardboard and you don't even know what the berries are. They're the best part and you don't even know what they are. I think mm. it tastes wonderful. So that is my <laughs> number 10. Number 9. Bum ba dun. Corn flakes. Number 9. Corn flakes made my top 10. Are corn flakes like frosted flakes? No. No. Oh. That's frosted flakes. Well then no. <laughs> 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 all right, all right. Cornflakes is okay. I I truly like whenever George and I go and stay at a hotel, oftentimes the hotel complimentary breakfast will have like the cornflakes little travel right, cereals right. and I get very excited when I eat cornflakes. Okay, so I'm not getting excited for cornflakes. Okay. <laughs> I I really really respect cornflakes. That's okay, so that's number 9. Number 8. Fruit Loops. However, I do have a bone to pick with Fruit Loops. I don't love that it's spelled F-R-O-O-T. That has nothing to do with the cereal, but it has everything to do with the marketing. And I don't love that. Just spell the word right. Okay, but, so here's the thing. Um, who knows uh -huh. there's no fruit in Fruit Loops? Okay, so it really doesn't matter how you spell fruit. <laughs> it, it's not real. It's not real. What? <laughs> there is zero fruit in Fruit Loops. is a lie. Yes. A lie. I, so Fruit Loops is a cereal for me that when I taught kindergarten, yeah. I would oftentimes be fasting in January. And January would also be like the hundredth day of school for kindergartners. And I would have them use Fruit Loops to count out a hundred things. I'd normally be halfway through my fast and the smell of Fruit Loops would just come into my nose. And it would be the thing that would almost make me break my fast. So it, it became a top 10 just because I associate it with this Smells like the most delicious thing I could ever consume in my life. So, in all honesty, Fruit Loops are probably like my second favorite cereal of all time. <gasps> and at this exact moment, there is a family-sized box <laughs> right beside my bed because I love them that much. It's well, true. I am not a fan of Fruit Loops because they destroy the roof of my mouth. They are, they can be dangerous. <laughs> it's traumatizing. It can be dangerous. Yes. Okay. So, so the yes. next one. The next top one, I think number seven. Number seven is Apple Jacks. I like Apple Jacks better. I feel like they're similarly in or they're similar in taste, but my preference is Apple Jacks over the Fruit Loops. So after being traumatized as a child by the green apple story, which if you didn't hear was a couple weeks ago, um, sour apple mixed with Abby's chemistry inside of her mouth leads to death, putrid odors, basically, and. So I don't really eat anything apple at this point in time. But I don't think it tastes like sour apple. Anything apple. <laughs> <laughs> apple pie I don't like. Apple fritters. Apple products I like. Like I have an iPhone. That's about the only apple I have. <laughs> so I like Apple Jacks. I'm out. I'm You're out? I'm out on Apple Jacks. Wow. Would not make my top 10. Probably wouldn't make my top 50. Wow. That vehemently against them. Oh, yeah. Why? Because they're awful. Why? I need <laughs> more than that. They, their flavor is horrible. Oh, that's true. Horrible. No. All you get is out of, the only benefit you get out of it is sweet. I, I disagree. 
Okay. And it's my top ten. So. Okay. Um, top six. <laughs> no, I get that. Top six is Cinnamon Toast Crunch. All right. All right. Oh, those it make is. me happy. Yes. Those, I enjoy eating those dry. Like, I don't necessarily mm. want that with milk. I would eat that dry milk. and just suck the sugar and cinnamon off of them and, and then eat them. I would be happy just to, like, put one in my mouth and, like, take all the stuff off and then, like, spit it out. Yes. Yes. So when you're done with Cinnamon Toast Crunch, you're not done because you have a bowl of awesomeness <gasps> left right there. <laughs> so true. Oh, good stuff. That may be number one in my book. Really? I don't think so. But <laughs> it may be number one. I don't know. I'm kind of indecisive. <laughs> okay, now we're entering into the top five. Here we go. This is where I think the most controversy will be found today for what made my top five. Number five. Bump Blueberry Cheerios. They are delicious. They are great. What? I don't think I've ever had them. They're wonderful. It's it's it is my favorite of the Cheerios. So full disclaimer, normal Cheerios normally like make me really burpy and like it's the worst aftertaste ever. Blueberry Cheerios are like the Lord's redemption of normal Cheerios for me. So I, I enjoy them. You know when Kevin talked about um, cardboard? Yep. That's what they taste like. Have you had blueberry <laughs> Cheerios? Yeah. No, they do not. It's like cardboard with fake Blueberry, like spritz. Says the lover it's of like the fruit. fruit Loops. No, that is, that's <laughs> fruit, and I'm sticking to it. I got my portion of fruit every day. Mm hmm. I like blueberry Cheerios. I think they're delicious. Never had them. They're great. No, not really. Cheerios, I think Cheerios are great in how many varieties of them there are, and blueberries make me very happy. They turn the milk like purple. It's pretty exciting. Nice, nice. As we're going, tell us what your favorite cereal is. Number four, top four, Captain Crunch Crunch Berries. That's, I feel like, even though it's dangerous to the roof of mouths, it is definitely excellent and worthy of being in the top ten. I feel like they're very similar to Fruit Loops. No, totally different taste and texture. Mm. I've come to realize that all the cereals that you like, I absolutely don't. Well, we're getting into the top three, so get ready. It's probably going to continue. <laughs> top three. Number three. This is one of my favorites. Honeygram O's. They're delicious. They're what so good. are those? They're Honeygram O's. Oh. Yep, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> They've got like oats clusters in the middle, and they're covered in honey, and they taste delicious. They're great. No? Yeah. Okay, number two. <laughs> ba -da -da. Life Cinnamon Life Cereal. Cinnamon Life Cereal is bomb.com. I love Cinnamon Life Cereal. It's great. I may be wrong, but I feel like Life Cereal is like a dieter cereal and also cardboard. I, I don't think so. It may be not, but in my mind, I hear Life and I hear Special K and I hear they're going to try to taste healthy and I don't want them. I don't think this one tastes healthy. I think it tastes delicious. <laughs> He likes it. Hey, Mikey. Okay. That's all I remember of life cereal. Last one. My number one of all-time favorite cereals. Number one, Honey Bunches of Oats. You have redeemed yourself. Yes! Yes! Yes. I got Kevin. That is number one. Absolutely it is. I'm so pleased. That makes me happy. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I think it is delicious. And yes. I don't, because cereal, I feel like, is supposed to be slightly healthy. So I don't think it's just supposed to be spoonfuls of sugar. So that one makes me feel 
great about what I'm eating. It is good <clears throat> and good for you. It is good and good for you. When I, I'm not a very big breakfast person, but when I do eat breakfast, I want it to be sugar. And that's just, that's just <laughs> what makes me happy in the mornings. I think it's important for the broadcast that we don't confuse cereal with breakfast. Yeah, it could be uh, different. It's very important. It could be really the, the same thing. If there is no pig on the plate, you are not at breakfast. <laughs> that's probably true. That is true. Well, guys, that was my top 10 cereal. Tune in next week for another dose of top 10 and see if you agree with me. If you disagree, put it in the comments. Let us know what your favorite cereals are and join us next week for another episode with top 10. Yeah. So now, guys, we are transitioning into the next segment of The Man Who Would Be King. Today we have George and Buddy and Pastor Brian. So we're very excited and we will be there in 30 seconds. Hey guys, welcome to The Man Who Would Be King and thanks for being a part of Lunch Plus today. If you haven't shared the broadcast, please go ahead and share it. And today I have George and Buddy with me. Hallelujah. People that would be leaders in their own right and are doing it as we speak. Already have experience and background and spiritual revelation. You're amazing. Thank you, sir. God is <laughs> You're good. You're amazing. <laughs> God is good. Amen. <laughs> they didn't know I was going to do that. I surprised no, I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> Whenever you said, these are people who would be leaders, I'm like, what is that supposed to be? More, better <laughs> leaders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're continuing they to increase. Every step is getting brighter and brighter in your spiritual leadership. That's what I was saying. Amen. I received that. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, we just welcome you. We've been talking about the man who would be king, I think, today is part 46. And we've really been looking at... Uh, the life of King David, King Saul, uh, at this point, King Ishbosheth, and uh, who's getting ready to not be around very much longer. <laughs> and, and we're in chapter four of Second Samuel. And you know, one of the things that we're talking about in this series, of course, is anybody that would be called to be a leader. And if you are a Christian, you are called to be a leader in some way. In some way, you're called because every Christian is called to do two things very specifically, and that is win souls, so you have to lead people to Jesus, and make disciples, which means in order to help somebody be more discipled or more disciplined to Christ, you have to be leading that and leading that uh, discipline towards Jesus. And so in order to lead that, you have to be a better leader. Well, how are we going to fulfill the commandment of God uh, to make disciples and lead people to Jesus, how are we going to fulfill that if we haven't studied what to do to be a biblical leader? How's that going to work? So this whole series is looking at the characteristics and the things that will allow us to be the leader that God's called us to be. And uh, have you all received much in this series? Oh, yeah. Have you? Good, good. Yes, sir. Amen. What's been, what would you say, think about this, and you can come back to it, because it's been a long series, is what would you say is maybe the 
uh, greatest point that you've really, what sticks out to you? And it, there could be others, but what, like right in this moment, sticks out to you? This is what, one thing that's really come alive to me in this series. Do you have anything right now? And if not, then we'll come back to it. But Well, for me, it's been, you know, <clears throat> a man, God sets up your house. Yes. God organizes it. You know what? And so, no matter, there are so many steps along the way. Uh, no matter who it is, that they could have set their own house up. They could have sit there and, and built themselves up, and it would fail. Yes, it would immensely fail. And what did, what did, <clears throat> what does God want us to do? He always wants us to go back to Him constantly. Yes. Go back to Him. No matter what decision might be, that might be looking at small or big, you don't know the ripple effects down the road. So you always go back to Him. Yes, that's been one of the bigger things. For that's me. awesome. Yeah, that it's. David constantly was seeking the will of the Lord. You know, he would, he would, he sought after yes, what is God saying. So and that was actually what I was going to say. Just how, as part of letting the Lord build your houses, the importance of always consulting God in yes. every in everything. Uh, consult the Lord, and you know the the Bible says in Proverbs three, like tr trust not in your lean not on your own understanding, yeah. but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. He yes. will make your path straight. So, like the importance of I'm not just going to do what feels right or seems right. I'm going to do what God instructs me to do, and I'm not. Yeah. And even with David, like he wouldn't move until he had that instruction from the Lord. Yes, and that's where the faith is. The faith is like he didn't just put his faith in what God did in the past or or his mighty men, he put his faith in what is God saying and what is God leading me to do. And, yes. and it took a little bit longer for him to rise up. I mean, he probably, like, like from the beginning, you know, he, he might have been able to have the people to wipe out Saul and to take him out and just push himself up. But it, it probably, it, it, not probably, it wouldn't have worked out, yeah. you know, the yeah. way that he, that he would have expected it to if he just took that himself. Yeah. But since he always consulted the Lord and always honored the anointing yes um that's where you see he became i mean that's why the bible says he was a man after god's own heart yes you know because yes. he always consulted the lord he didn't just consult what god was saying yesterday or three years ago but today and that's what made yes. him rise up that's what's been sticking out to me so much amen one thing i'd like for y'all to do is as we're as we're talking about this remember um i want you to think about how many people were uh, after their own promotion, and just think through the people. Like you remember the guy who went in and killed the priest. Uh, just in First Samuel and Second Samuel, uh, King Saul. Uh, look at, be thinking about all those guys as we go forward, because I'm going to come back to that in a minute. But let's, you know, chapter four, Second Samuel, chapter four, and you know, today we're in the section. What's the word? Uh, so <laughs> today, you like it. What in the word? What in the word? <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> what in the word? Let's keep it that. Yes, what in the word? Amen. Uh, the man who would be king. But I like that. I like that. So um, what in the word? So looking at uh, 2 Samuel chapter 4, one of the things that you see is that it's not a very long chapter, but it's very important. But there has been an absolute common theme that's been running through the last few chapters. We're going to see it again in this, and that is trying to build your own house without seeking God's ways, without seeking what he's up to. So let's just look here at 2 Samuel chapter 4 and uh, verse 1. Now, when Ishbosheth, Saul's son, who is also at this moment the king of Israel, heard that Abner had died in Hebron, he lost courage 
and all Israel was disturbed. One of the things I want to go right back to 1 Samuel chapter 30, and I believe it's verse 6. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. This is the difference between a great leader and a mediocre leader. Here, right here in verse 6, David, they were about to stone David, the very people he loved and was serving, and all of a sudden they were about to stone him. Not somebody else got, got killed. They were about to stone him. And it says at the end of the verse, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Ishbosheth didn't. And this is very important. We must learn how to strengthen ourselves. Just put this in the comments, please. A good leader learns how to strengthen himself. Yes. A good leader learns how to strengthen himself in the Lord. And he does strengthen himself in the Lord. It's in the Lord that he strengthens himself. Uh, anything on that? I was just thinking, like, you can see, like, it says he lost heart. And out of an overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yes. So, like, you got to ask yourself, because Ishbosheth had to have been saying something out of his heart for all of Israel to be troubled as yes. well. So, like, yes. imagine what he began to confess, what he began to, what, what began to overtake him didn't just affect him, but it affected literally everyone that was under his authority. Yes. And, and that's why it's so important for a leader to strengthen himself in the Lord, because yes. it, can, it can be the leader's strength. I mean, you see it in... Uh, What's the movie Braveheart, right? Yes. Like his strength and his courage going into the battle, that strengthened all the men that were yes. under him. Really like a whole country. Yeah, yeah and David was able to do that back in First uh, Samuel 30. When he strengthened himself in the yes. Lord, he was able to, to impart that and to all the people under yes. him, and they were able to go and, and recover all. Well, there's a statement that says, you know, a rising tide raises all boats. Mm -hmm. um, so when you understand that a leader has a spiritual authority, that as the encouragement goes in the leader, it mm -hmm. will go with all the people. Mm -hmm. And so as a leader, if you're not carrying that, mm -hmm. uh, that's one thing that's really stuck out to me over the last few years in the church. Uh, one of the major aspects that stuck out to me in the church is uh, I, I have a responsibility as a leader to carry an encouragement in the Lord, to carry a positive attitude, to take my thoughts captive. Because if I don't take my thoughts captive, it's going to uh, be pervasive or invasive into the congregation. But if I do take them captive and I'm thinking along... Uh, victory lines through Jesus Christ, that's going to also invade the congregation. And I've watched how important it is. And you know, in our leadership team, I've talked about, look, look, guys, you must take the responsibility for taking your thoughts captive. You must take the responsibility for coming in with expectation. You must have expectation on you yeah. and you must carry that yep. in order to be a good leader. Many times people are not doing this and uh, that's why their organization is always up and down. But one of the things I've found is as I take my thoughts captive, I learn to encourage myself in the Lord. Captive and encouraged. We did a series on that. Take captive and encouraging ourselves. 
When we do that, you will not only uh, enjoy your leadership better, but you will draw people with you and the tide will rise for everybody. And then once people feel that uh, tide higher than it has been before in their encouragement, once they feel on that level, they're not going to want to go back. They're going to always remember that time as this is how it felt then. How do I stay there? So now they're encouraged to keep it up in that, in that area as well. And so you see, what are the results of this? David encouraged himself. This king didn't. David's whole nation, all the people around him went up and right here, and they were able to save everything. Right here, he's about to pass away. And, and it's basically because one's going after the Lord's ways and one's not. And it has an effect. It has an effect. And many people, there you go, Barrett just put up the link, capture and encourage. So you see that it definitely has an effect on whether or not we take our thoughts captive and we encourage ourselves and we walk in God's ways, not the world's ways. And so let's look here, uh, verse 2. Saul's sons, Saul's son had two men who were commanders of the bands. And the name of one was Bana, and the name of the other was uh, Rechab, sons of Ramon the Berothite of the sons of Benjamin, for Beeroth was, Beeroth was also considered part of Benjamin. And the Berothites fled to Gatame and have been aliens there until this day. Verse 4. Now this is interesting. And I, I know why they put it in here, but it's like almost a verse that seems like out of place. Now Jonathan's son. So it's like changing topics. Now Jonathan's son, uh, Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son crippled in his feet. He wasn't born that way. He was five years old when the report of Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel, and his nurse took him up and fled. And it happened that in her hurry to flee, he fell and became lame, and his name was Mephibosheth. So that was our uh, what's trivial yesterday question that, that you had. So this was Saul's grandson, Jonathan's son. And it's like, okay, we were talking about Saul's son Ishbosheth being the king and these other guys who are the commanders of the band. Then there's Jonathan's son, and then we're going to go right back to those other two guys. What they're showing is a continuation of the line of Saul. In other words, there is still a remnant of the line of Saul, and they're showing that. But I want you to see something here because uh, this is very important. We were talking about this uh, right after we had a trip recently. And you see here, uh, strife is one is a major danger area in spiritual matters. Strife is. Yes, strife can be for a number of things. In other words, we can have strife between us, but we can also have strife that, hey, I just need to get over to that place and I need to get there now. And we take on a strife. Like mm -hmm. we take on a strife in that moment. And what I've found many times, if you'll watch it, when bad things happen to people, almost, well, I won't say almost all times, but many times, strife was present. Mm -hmm. And here in this area, uh, I feel like this nurse probably brought on strife. And look at what happened to Mephibosheth. He's, he's injured for the rest of his life because of a strife. A good leader learns to put strife aside. Mm -hmm. A good leader learns to put fear aside. Mm -hmm. um, I've watched people just get in a hurry 
and all of a sudden bad things happen because they're in strife, because there's a fear that they won't get somewhere in, in the right time. Learn to relax. Learn. I can't tell you how many times I've felt the strife to go and make something happen, or I've been, you know, I've been really anxious about it, and I've put that down, and then I find out later on I'm in the right place at the right time doing the doing just the right thing. I missed an accident. I, I got in the place of a blessing. Many times this is what's going on. But you have to learn how to put down fear and put down strife. It's going to work out. It's going to work out. Amen. Put that in the comments. It's going to work out for me. Exclamation point. It's going to work out for me. It is because you, if you are with Jesus, all you have to do is take him by the hand, which means don't take strife by the hand. Don't take anxiousness. Don't take fear by the hand. Just take the peace of Jesus. He brings peace. He's the author of peace. He's the author of that. And so we have to make sure that we take Jesus by the hand. And if we do, it's going to work out. You know? Does everybody in this room hear that? It's going to work out. It's going to work out. Amen. It's going to work out for you. Amen, Kevin. It is. It's going to work out in Jesus' name. Holly, it's going to. Buddy, it's going to work out. It sure is. And see, that when we take that strife captive, then all of a sudden it can work out. This is what many people miss, and here's what the nurse was doing. She had an authority over this young man's life, but she moved into strife. Let me, let me tell you something. <laughs> Do not... Put your kids around people who live in strife. Do not. I'm looking for a place to babysit. Or I'm looking for a place uh, to watch my kids. Or I'm looking for a place uh, to train up my leaders. Do not put the people that you're leading around people that operate in strife. Literally, we have made... You know, for our kids, there are many decisions where we've made where we said, no, you cannot go do this because knowing that person is in strife. Here, here's what I, yes, Kevin says strife is a fancy word for fear. The root of strife is fear. Yes. You know, the root of strife is fear. Fear is at the root of almost everything, and that's how the devil uses it, through deception. Mm-hmm. But when you get into uh, anxiousness, you can get into strife. Listen. Put this in the comments. Do not, I will not allow the people that I lead to be influenced by people who live in strife. We will, you know, there's sometimes where we've been in the house and things have gotten a little bit hectic or a little bit pressured or something like that. Nicole and I both, we will stop what we're doing and put strife down. Why? Because you can't have strife around. You can't have it. You don't let it linger. You don't let fear linger. You don't let strife linger. We will not have it in our home. We will not have our kids around it. No, it's not going to happen. Why? Because it is anti-God. It is anti-anointing, anti-Christ. It will not, it will not help the anointing break any yoke. Matter of fact, it will draw that thing on you. We must be anti-strife and uh, walk in the ways of God. Now, I think about, I think about the uh, verse in uh, 2 Corinthians 2.14. I, I want to look at that in a different... It, 2 Corinthians 2.14 in the New American Standard says, Thanks be unto God 
who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. Now, and what you see there is God always has a victory for you. God always has a victory for you. The question is, am I taking him by the hand or am I not consulting the Lord? Am I building my own house? Am I consulting him? Am I seeking what he wants? Or, because if I'll seek what he wants and I'll take him by the hand every time, he'll lead me to triumph and he will manifest, bring it into being through me the knowledge of him and his goodness, the sweet aroma of his love and goodness everywhere I go, everywhere I go. So one of the things you'll see, let me read this in the New Living, same verse. But thank God he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Christ has a triumphant procession. He's got a victory parade. He says, now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Hear this in the message. And I got it. Thank God. In the Messiah, in Christ, God leads us from place to place in one perpetual victory parade. This is awesome. Through us, he brings knowledge of Christ. Everywhere we go, people breathe in the exquisite fragrance. What a beautiful translation of that verse. See, all we have to do is take Jesus by the hand. But what that means is every time we have fear or strife to take Jesus by the hand, we have to take that captive and encourage ourselves in the Lord. We must take the thought captive and encourage ourselves in the Lord. And you see here, this nurse is fearful because worldly kings, worldly kings, I, I want you to see this. Worldly kings would defeat a king or find out that a king is dead. They'd immediately go after the old king and wipe out their family so there'd be nobody to take the throne back from them. So they were living by a worldly logic. But here's the other thing. And so this worldly logic got into this nurse, and as soon as she hears King Saul is dead, she is completely in fear and strife, running, and this child is now harmed forever. He's not going to get killed. Listen, David was never going to kill the family of Saul. He was never going to do it. So what does that tell us too? Look at the fear and the wrong thinking that goes all the way back to Saul. Where Saul thought the wrong things about David. And now his thinking has, has passed on from person to person now. And his grandson is lame for life because of his fear that he didn't take captive. This is one of those things where we don't realize how much influence we have, and even sometimes the small things. A good leader recognizes that it's the small foxes that ruin the vine. Yes. Take the things captive. Don't play games with it. Don't play games with small things. Handle them. Deal with them. Put them in their place. If it's an antichrist, Cast it down, a vain imagination, a prideful thought that's trying to tell you it's not going to work out, a prideful thought telling you that God's not good enough. Put the thing down. Put it down. Don't play with it. Put it down. If it's fear, put it down. It's going to work out. You you put it in the comments earlier. It's going to work out for me. It's all going to be all right. Why? Because I'm in the right. I'm on the right team. 
Yes, <laughs> We're on the winning team, amen? Yeah. We're in the right family. We yeah. have an inheritance. Mm -hmm. It's going to work out. That's who Jesus is, amen? Before we move on, y'all got anything? Well, I was talking to Kevin, actually, at lunch yesterday, and we were talking about how the steps um, were getting out of the Army, coming, and where Barrett and I were for uh, our lives. You know, we had to trust God going, hey, okay, what are the steps? What are the steps for this, Lord? Do we get out of the army? Because it's a we thing. It's not a, just a right. me thing. Yes, that's for sure. Okay, where are, we, where are we supposed to be planted? Boomerang. Yes, that's the next step. Okay, where are we supposed to live? If we're planting boomerang, we should probably not be two hours away. So we got a lot closer. <laughs> we got to the town. And then everything else fell into place. Where but, we and what you were doing, though, too, which was awesome, was you were literally, you said, okay, we are planted here. Mm -hmm. You were committed to what God told you. Mm -hmm. and, and before you moved here, y'all were driving two hours, two or three times a week to be planted. Not just, not just be present, to be planted. That means that I'm giving myself to the vision of the field that I'm planted in. What a great testimony because how many, how many of us could learn from that? Okay, do what it takes to fulfill what God's told you to do. And that's what you and Barrett were doing. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank <laughs> so, you. Yeah. So we had, uh, you know, okay, we figure out where we're going to live and then jobs. Okay, and our house that we're living in was not listed on anywhere, was not listed on Zillow, was not listed anywhere. We have it and because God brought in our laps. Here, it was a word from, a, from somebody else who overheard it from somewhere else. You know, you can't tell me that's not God. And then we get there and we have perfect peace about it. You know, you would walk through the inside with Barrett while I, was, yeah. while I wasn't even here in the state. Mm -hmm. And everything fell into place. Our jobs fell into place for a place that wasn't advertising. They, they didn't have anything, you know. And so it was one thing after another, but it came from the first word of God, where do you want us? And it was just one step at a time. Yes, amen, amen. Anything else? One of the things that I think is so important is just that we recognize God has a plan, but the yes, question is, and we need to ask this, am I following God's plan? Mm -hmm. And, you know, many times what I've found is that one of the biggest problems that has been in the American church is what I would call spiritual teenagers. They have grown up some. Their worldview, their spiritual worldview is bigger than it has before. They've had some successes. And then we get into what we think is a rival mentality, just like a teenager will. We think that we've arrived at this large worldview. And the truth is, we really don't even have a clue about the worldview, actually, for probably another 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, it really, we see some things, we just don't see it all. We don't see the balance of it. Yep. And I remember my dad warning me about that. And, you know, and I, I, I thought you know, he was right, but also thought part of it was probably too much. And now that I'm the age that he was when he was telling me those things, I look back and go, doggone, he was right. <laughs> and so many times we, as a spiritual being, we actually will uh, think that we have arrived at a point. And in that arrival process, uh, we think that we have now gotten to the place where we can just, you know, well, okay, uh, now I know what's going on. I did this right last time. It'll work right for me this time. And so what we won't do is challenge ourselves again. Am I doing it God's way? Because here's the thing. I know both of you guys, you've given yourself to growth and you've given yourself to learn. 
But have you faced things already that you were successful in once and then you faced it again and it just didn't work right the same way? And it was because you needed to grow some more. You got the first truth, but then there's multiple truths that you can add. And you have, we have a responsibility to grow up into those truths. Because God, there's so much to the Lord. There's so many promises, so many good things. We're not supposed to sit still and get stagnant and just, you know, okay, we got this piece and think that, you know, the first layer that we uncovered is the only layer yes. with God. Our job is to humble ourselves and we're going to encourage ourselves in the Lord and we're going to take him by the hand. We have to humble ourselves and say, I'm, I've got to continue to grow in him because he's so big there's more to him than what I've seen so far. And so what I've found is many Christians, they will succeed in one level here or there, and they'll constantly uh, have some success, but then they stagnate because they feel like that success was the final success in that area. And I can tell you, like in finances, in healing, I can tell you in these things, I've had revelation after revelation after revelation after revelation. And what I thought was such a great revelation at the beginning, which it was, but I thought I had now almost arrived. And now I've found out like that was just like 101. <laughs> you know, that was 101. I thought I was doing so good. And I was. I had taken what had been given to me, and I'd applied it. But now it's time to go on. It's time to go further. It's time to go to a higher place. And now it's time to move into other levels that God had. So many times we don't humble ourselves to say, all right, Lord, how am I still doing this this way? So, for example, you know, I've been preaching for 20, 21 years now. I'm still learning how to be a good preacher. And some people would say that I do decent at it, but I would say I'm just beginning because I'm not saying that I've arrived. I'm saying, Lord, how do I get better at what you've called me to do? How do we move into that place? And so many people will not seek the Lord in humility and say, how can I get better at this and grow at this? Because what will happen is they'll get to a place where they put down fear and strife and then they'll go down the road and think that they have that accomplished. They'll go down the road and it just won't be working. And they'll be like, I thought, I thought this was handled. And then the devil will come in and he'll throw a thought and he'll say, well, you did it right, but God just doesn't love you anymore. On some level, he'll do something like that. Yeah. And all of a sudden now, because we didn't humble ourselves to keep growing, we think that God doesn't really love us. And, and a seed has been planted, and all of a sudden you watch, and their spiritual life goes down, 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 because they believed the deception, because they thought they had arrived when they really just needed to be humble. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the things that, you know, so I think that Saul didn't humble himself because he, think that he thought that he had some things right. And because he didn't humble himself, uh, this pervading fear... Uh, just went everywhere in his family, and now it hit this nurse, and now his grandson is crippled for life because of it. The small things are so important, and we need to pay attention to them. It's not a, you know, one thing...
faith is not an arrival point. Uh, the character of God, the fruit of the Spirit, it's not an arrival point. It's something that we put on fresh daily. We crucify the flesh daily because if we don't, and God will give us strength to do that. It's not something that we have to manufacture. God will give us those things. We have to put on this uh, crucifying of the flesh every single day. We have to put on faith Every day. We have to put on humility every day. We have to put down fear and strife and anxiousness every day. And if we don't do that, then what will happen is we'll go up and we'll be doing great. But if we at one point think that we've arrived, we'll stagnate and before long we'll go backwards. And when we go backwards, the devil will blame it on God when it actually was us. So as believers and as the children of God, our, our responsibility for humility and walking in God's ways. It never goes away. But it, here's the beautiful part of it. Well, that seems like too big of a task for me. It is too big of a task for me. But it's not too big of a task if I will take Jesus by the hand and let him lead me. Yeah. That's the issue. If, if I will humbly say, God, I need you. Jesus, I need you. I've got to have you. I'm asking for your help. And as we do that, God will lead us. So a leader must learn how to daily crucify the flesh. Please put that in the comments. A leader must learn how to daily crucify the flesh and take Jesus by the hand. Every day. Every day. Every day. And what you'll find is where in the beginning you have these big swings up. A leader will find themselves with a big swing up and maybe a big swing down and a big swing. What will happen is the more you do this, the, the higher uh, and low, the highs and lows will start to smooth out and, and you know, flatten the curve in a good way. You know, it'll be flatten, flatten the curve of these emotional swings, flatten the curve of our uh, losses. We'll flatten that curve in that way. This is what God will lead us to as we trust in him. And see, here's the thing. I might not have power. We, we might not have the power to do it on our own. But when we say, Jesus, I'll yep. do it your way, Absolutely. all of a sudden we will find a supernatural strength that will grab us by the hand, empower us with the anointing of a supernatural God, a Amen. supernatural loving Father. And all of a sudden there will be a power that releases in that Amen. moment. And we'll be able to put down all that stuff and come out the other side and everybody will be looking and say, how did you do that? How did you, how did you make a decision? To, to step down from that and step into a destiny. How did you do that? That seems so hard. And you'll be an encouragement and a light to others. How did, you, how did you decide to do that and follow God's and drive two hours? How did you do that? God strengthened me. He's such a good and loving father. You know, how did you do that? And we'll know it's him. You know, God is good. You know, I told you all y'all were, were good earlier and both of you was like, God is good, see, and that's it, because without him, we don't have anything. But with him, we got everything. You know, every good and perfect gift comes from him, from the Father. Every good and perfect gift comes from him, from the Father of lights, from above. The Father of lights, with whom there's no variableness or shadow of turning. In other words, without what he gives, I've got nothing good or perfect in my life. And it's the same for all of us. But with him, we can have it all. Our inheritance is in him. Amen. Amen. Humility is key. It's yes. crucial. Like it's like almost life or death. You know the importance of of adopting and putting on humility. I mean, 
you know, you'll, you'll hear a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, I used to believe that stuff, but then this happened or this happened. I used to believe in healing, but then this happened, or I used to believe, you know, that God would provide, but then this happened. And what, and what kind of like going back to what you were sharing is like, God is always leading us to steady increase. There's what God teaches us at one point. He just wants to add on top of that, you know, yes, the next year. But yes. what, what happens is if we don't humble ourselves is if if we get into another situation similar, kind of like what you were saying, where God wants to even develop it or grow it even more. Yes. What a lot of people do is I thought I thought I understood this, but now this is happening again. So what they do is they take what God taught them and throw that aside and drop back down. Yes. And then they try yes. to build it on a separate foundation rather than going back to the word or humbling themselves and saying, all right, God, what what are you teaching me? God, what yes. are you growing in me? What do I need to do? Yes. You know, God, where what's the next step? What, what should I do? They just kind of take what they thought and threw it aside. And then they try to then they just start literally like manipulating the scripture to try to explain away why they're going back into this situation yes. rather than building on top of it and, and going up. Yes. And, and so humility will like the honest truth is pride will get you to a place where I know God's word says this, but if my circumstance looks this way, then I'm just going to throw that aside and, and, and just try to form my own doctrine. Like yeah. I think you called it experiential doctrine, like yeah. doctrine based on our experiences instead of, okay, let's go back to the word and, and yes. develop because God just wants to strengthen us. But if we throw that aside, then we're going, we're dropping that's all the way right. back down to the, to the base. And that's, that's why right. so many people, can't get past the foundational things and yes. can't get past the milk because they keep throwing, you know, when yes. God's getting them to a place of meat and, you know, where, where, you know, consider pure joy when you face certain things or, you know, God disciplines those he loves, you know, God is wanting to strengthen you. When you're, when you're working out, you're tearing muscles. Yes. It yes. hurts and it's not fun, but why are you doing that? To, to get stronger. Yes. I mean, you can go through two pushes and be like, oh man, this hurts. So just, you know what, I want to get past it. It, it goes back to yes. um, laying, trying to build your own house. You know, I'd rather do it in a way that's more comfortable or convenient for the way I think it. That's pride. But yeah. humility is willing to be like, okay, this hurts, but I'm going to keep pressing on. I'm going to keep studying the word. I'm going to reach out to my pastor. I'm going to do whatever it takes to figure to to just to grow in this and then God will just what what you learned before you'll realize there's something that I missed in that yes. or there's something that that God wants to give me more revelation in yes. that and he'll just take you higher Amen. and that's what we got to do and that's the difference between pride humility building your own house or letting the Lord do it for you yes amen yeah. and what I was looking at that was kind of uh, dovetailing into that was in the world you have athletes you have NASCAR you have all those different people that are at the top of their game. You have educators. You have people that are running businesses. Their humility keeps them in their place. If you have any athlete, he's going to go in there and tell you, you know, any good athlete is going to say he practices X amount of times. He, he goes into the gym. He works out. He keeps that up. Mm -hmm. Any driver will sit there and tell you that he's running. He's learning all about his different vehicle and how he can better himself. And that's how you rise up. So it's a, it's a principle that's already practiced in the world. Why wouldn't we practice it here? Why yes. would we think that, hey, you know what? I learned how to drive when I'm 16. I'm done. I can go run a NASCAR circuit. I'm fine. <laughs> you know, and you look at it and you say, okay, well, I learned how to drive when I'm 16. I got the basics down. But how does that apply to off-roading? Well, that's a whole different ballgame. You apply the basics, 
But you, with humility, you say, okay, now I learn what four-wheel drive is mm -hmm. and all of that stuff and how to maneuver through rocks and go down straight cliffs. Okay, what about fast, fast car chases? How do I apply going what I learned at 16 in a police car chase if I'm the policeman? Well, you go through a different type of school. You learn how your vehicle responds based on what you put into it. Okay, so you have to relearn, you know, okay, how do I add more to it? Do I put gas here? Do I let off the brake here? Do I, you know, do I left foot brake? And how do I get that vehicle that I'm chasing to do what I want it to do? Well, if I, if I hit that vehicle in certain areas, I can get it to do what I want it to do. Okay, well, I didn't know that at 16, but I know that now because through humility you go, I understand the basics, now teach me more. Yeah. You know, and you apply that with any kind of weapon. Okay, you know what, I, I'm good, I can shoot uh, an RPG and I can go and hit that wall. Okay, does that basic principles apply with a pistol? You know, what about movement? What about around different obstacles? So you have the basics, but you get better because you say, you know what, I want to get better at this. I need to get better in this. And right here, it's clearly, it's, you know, David's showing the example. You go back and revisit. Okay, what do you say in this? How do I apply what you have? You know, any cook will tell you that just because you know how to grill a steak doesn't mean that you're done. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a one-time thing. It's a continuous, continuous thing. And what does, Psalms, what does Psalms say? He says, encourage himself. David says, encourage yourself in the Lord. So you encourage yourself by going back to it, and you stay strengthened up. So that way, when it's your time and up there, you can lead, just like, you know, we mentioned Braveheart earlier, you can lead the troops. You can sit there, we're going to go do this thing, and you stay at that peak, and if you stay in humility, then it's not the up and down like Pastor was saying. It's a, you know, it's, you're right there. And it's not a plateau at all. It's a, it's a constant learning. It's a constant you know, non-arrival mentality. Yeah. Kevin put up a good con uh, comment here is, you know, they sharpen the saw is what he put up in the comments. And, uh, you know, what he's saying is when you go through and you're, you know, chainsawing, you're going to dull those teeth after a while. And after a while, you have to sharpen it so that it will speed up your effectiveness and your productivity and your efficiency. Otherwise, it'll just slow down. So you have to, you actually stop the production for a while to work on some maintenance so that you'll speed the production back up. And when you do that, it makes a huge, huge difference. Well, how do we do that in the kingdom? You know, how do we keep ourselves sharp? One of the things the Bible teaches about very is that iron sharpens iron. So you want to get around people that will keep you sharp. You want to get around people that will stretch you. You want to get around people that are carrying the fire of God, that are producing fruit. You know, when I get around major, major soul winners, it challenges me, and I'm encouraged to win more souls myself. If I get around people carrying the glory and the fire of God, it encourages me and challenges me to go after the Lord more. You must, as a believer, we must get around people that are not lukewarm, yes. that challenge us, that will stretch us. And I'm not talking about just watching the stuff online. You've got to be around them as they live life. You've got to be around them. This is why uh, the devil, you know, the devil doesn't care about lukewarm churches. They're doing his job for him. The cool. devil doesn't care about lukewarm churches. They're doing his job for him. you got to get around some people that will sharpen you. And to sharpen you, they have to be being productive and fruitful. They have to have an edge to them. It's not going to always be comfortable on your flesh. And, you know, it's one of the things that's so very important. You must 
as a believer, as a Christian, uh, to continue to grow and be pleasing in the sight of the Lord. Put faith towards, without faith, it's impossible to please him. But he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Are we diligently seeking him if we know that he's this big, but we're comfortable here at this level? We're not seeking him. And then we won't have the reward as well. We must, without faith is possible, please him. Our, as a believer, we must get around people and live life with them that are on fire for God. We must have that. We must, even me, you know, as, as a pastor, I don't just sit here in my hometown and just keep pastoring. I purposefully, at the leading of the Lord, go get around the people of God that God is supernaturally connected to that chops off the dull edge off of my life, that keeps me fresh, that keeps me fired up. You know, we just went out to Texarkana and went out to Pastor Tracy's. I go out there. The Lord told me, go there every year. Why? Because it keeps me in the fresh fire of God. And he's a part of my covering, a part of how the blessing and the anointing flows from the head to the elders or the beard to all the fringes of the robe. In that situation, I'm a part of the fringes of the robe, and I need to connect to the elders. I need to connect to my elders that got it. Many people, they just do that at their home church. That's how they connect to it. But many of their home churches are not connected to the anointed head. They're not connected to the own fire head that is Jesus. They know of him, but they're not daily connected with him. There's no fire. There's no power. There's no fruit. And they have no edge. And so when they go to pierce the darkness, they just try to club it to death and they get, they get beat, just like the seven sons of Sceva. They, they knew him. They knew Jesus. They knew about Paul, but so did the demon. And he said, look, you know, Jesus I know, Peter I know, Paul I know, you know, basically I know these big guys. <laughs> Who are you? A dull tool that needs to be put back in the shed or it needs to go get around somebody who will grind off an edge. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We need, we need to be sharpened. Yeah. We need to be sharpened. And that means we get around people. So anyway, hallelujah. Now, as we go on, <laughs> this like helicopter transition. So what we're going to do here for just a couple of minutes is we're going to look at giving. You know, uh, this broadcast, I'm going to put this up, but then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a five-minute teaching on uh, sowing and reaping and receiving in that, in that reaping. I want you to see, if you'd like to give, you're always welcome to. The broadcast, we sow it into the lives of people. Whoever will hear it, we want to be a sharpening agent for you every single day. We want to have fun, a family, a daily lunch plus broadcast. We want it to be awesome and fun. Listen, the Lord is fun. But we also want uh, to be uh, bringing the word, daily fresh bread to you as well. Thank you, Priscilla, for donating today. We just praise God for you. I thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, bless that in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Multiply that seed sown in the name of Jesus. I saw some of that multiplication, Priscilla, speaking of. I saw some of that just the other day at your birthday party. You got some nice stuff. There was some <laughs> multiplication happening to that, and I just praise God for it. That was awesome. So you're welcome uh, to donate, and I'm going to teach here in just one second on finance, and I'm going to tell you why. But you're welcome on Facebook. You can just type in hashtag donate and the amount following. Or you can go to givebc.org and sow a seed into getting the gospel out there. Amen, Priscilla said. I sure did. But here's the reason why. When we first started Boomerang Church and we were in the house for a year and then we were in a community building for a year, our number one prayer request was provision and money. Our number one request was we need money, we need finances, we need some kind of provision. That was not healing, not we need money. That was the number one prayer request. So what we found was the Lord gave us an instruction and the Lord said this. He said, I want you to make sure that every week when you do the uh, tithes and offering, I want you to teach, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, I want you to teach on sowing and reaping. And notice that I didn't just say giving or didn't just say sowing. Uh, sowing and reaping always go together. Even the Holy Spirit says in some of the letters, he says, now concerning sowing and reaping or giving and receiving. There's a receiving aspect. I was always a good sower, but I wasn't always a good receiver. And so we started to teach on sowing and reaping. And immediately we saw a change in the lives of people. And, and those prayer requests started to go down because people started to be blessed. But here's the thing. No matter how blessed you are, our God always desires that you increase. He always desires that you increase. Amen. Uh, the Lord, he just was ministering to me, just even as I was saying that. I hear you, Lord. What he was just talking to me about just now was the fact that we must uh, set our eyes on things above. We must set our eyes higher than they have been before. We must stretch our eyes of faith to see. And what he was reminding me of is uh, I, we've got to go and do a test drive on some cars, my wife and I. We've got to go see some good stuff. Set our eyes of faith. See, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But how can I start believing for something that I can't see? You must take steps to step out there and see what you can see. So I would, I would say if you remember the story in Genesis with Abraham, the Lord says, Look everywhere that you can see. And then he gives them this command. He says, stretch your eyes so that you can see. But then he gives them this command. He says, walk around the land. Walk around the land and see what I have given you. In other words, many times we don't realize what we have if we won't stretch our eyes to see. And what does this have to do with sowing and reaping? Everything. Because God has a harvest designed and destined for you to reap. But if you can't see that that harvest is yours, you'll never be sowing towards it. Yep. Yeah. If you don't realize that God wants to give you a piece of land and he wants to give you a harvest of a piece of land filled with the harvest of corn, you'll never go plant the corn seeds. You'll never go look for the land to plant. Yeah. 
But if you can, in your prayer time, start stretching, Lord, what do you have for me? Let me start stretching my eyes to see. Let me start stretching my eyes of faith to see. God will say, you've got something higher. I've got something higher for you. I've got something higher for you. And then you won't sit there. You'll say, well, how can I ever have higher if I don't sow into the kingdom of God? The other day, uh, Abigail and I were talking about, and then she ministered on it in youth, and talking about the mustard seed. Jesus said this, the kingdom of heaven is like a seed. The kingdom of God has everything to do with sowing. And then he says in Genesis 8, 22, he says, as long as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest remain. As long as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest will remain. It's a spiritual uh, component that will always be there as long as the earth remains, both physically and spiritually, that we can plant a seed and God is required to get a harvest in. God is required to get a harvest in to a seed planted. He's required. So I can be completely behind enemy lines and I can say, Lord, according to your word, according to your promise, I'm going to plant a seed. And God is now required to bypass every principality, every spirit of poverty, everything, and get a harvest to where that seed was planted. Get a harvest to the planter of that seed. And so as we're given each day and every week at our church and even on broadcasts like this, when you plant a seed, God sees it and he says to whom, uh, what's the Galatians 6? Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. And so he said, I require myself. God put himself in a requirement to bring a harvest to every seed. Mm -hmm. And you may have seeds already that you planted. Start putting faith to receive the harvest. Put faith in to receive the harvest. And so as we pray today over seed sown, we're not, we're not just praying that, okay, now this money's gone. No, we're praying that a harvest comes in. And so, Lord, right now, everybody who's giving, whether, whether we can see it on the screen or not, makes no difference. Lord, everybody who's giving, Father, we receive it in Jesus' name. For the kingdom's sake and to spread the gospel, Lord, we receive that today. Let it be multiplied. You multiplied a seed that is sown, not a seed sitting in the bucket. Lord, you multiply a seed that's sown. Multiply it in the name of Jesus. And Father, let that harvest be what it needs to be. Lord, we're believing right now for all of the uh, tenders of Boomerang, for all of the viewers and listeners of What's Right Broadcast of Lunch Plus. We're believing, Lord, for all of the partners of the ministry. Lord, let them receive the harvest according to your desire and the will of your heart. Lord, let it not be earthly, but let it be supernatural in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank Amen. you, everybody that's been donating. We praise yes. God for you, and we thank you for it. Amen. So, see, as we hear these words... All of a sudden, you're not just hearing logical words. You're hearing a spiritual impartation of faith 
for seed time and harvest, and all of a sudden something changes on the inside of you. Something changes in a mind that's being renewed, and you'll start to believe with all your heart, and then you'll see those things manifest. And that's how it happens. That's what happened in the church. That's what will happen with you too as you apply those things. Amen. Amen. You, you receive it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you receive it? Amen. Good. I'm in good company. Hallelujah. <laughs> have you all seen that happen in your life as well? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I have too. Praise God. Well, we love you. Thank you so much for being with us on Lunch Plus today. I'm ex- I am. I, I truly, <laughs> I am excited to watch the manifestation happen uh, in your lives. I am. I Send us those testimonies. Yes. Tell us what God did. Yes. We want to hear how you weren't expecting something, and all of a sudden you got a promotion, you got a raise, you received some stuff in. I, we want to hear about that. That's God giving you an abundance for every good work in yeah. 2 Corinthians 9. An abundance for every good work. He gives us the power to get wealth, to establish the covenant. It's, it's God doing great things. And listen, let me tell you something. Don't think, here's, here's part two. Don't think that this only applies to adults. A quick story the Lord was bringing up to me the other day. I was, just real quickly, I had a bike that I was believing for. About a $1,000, $1,500 bike that I could go riding with. I needed a better one. I needed a new one because mine was about 20 to 30 years old. And so I needed one. I put up a basket for it. My girls went and emptied their piggy bank so that they could be the first ones to sew into my bike. And I had no idea. I just, I looked back in there and they had given, listen to this, they had given to this bike. This was several years ago. A month later, I get a phone call and says, I don't know why. I just feel like I need to buy your, I need to buy your uh, girls a bike. They had a bike that manifested before I had a bike that manifested. <laughs> Brand new bike. And, and they hadn't asked for one. They hadn't, all they had done was sewn into a bike, and they received a brand new one at the house. Brand new. Somebody, the Lord woke somebody's heart up and said, Abigail and Rachel need a bike. And they went to the store and bought a bike and brought it. Why? Because they had a heart to give. Don't think this is for adults. This is for everybody. You, you think there's a condition that it's just for adults or just for people that are wealthy or just for people? No, it's for everybody. God's going to change your life as you, as you put these principles. I'm excited to see it because that's how God works. And see, this doesn't make a lot of sense to a lot of worldly people, but how, how many days have we been talking about don't do it the world's way and stop trying to build your house with the world's logic? Mm-hmm. It's not for the world's logic. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Glory to God. We love you. Thank you for being with us at Lunch Plus. If you haven't shared it, share the broadcast. You know, you know people that need to hear all different parts of this. What they talked about taking the thoughts captive on True Talk today. They need to know what Barrett's top 10 cereals are. They need to know, they need to know about moving out of strife and fear. And they need, there's people that you know that need some financial breakthrough and the spirit of poverty broken off. There's people that you won't, don't even know they're in that position, but they need to hear this. All you have to do is hit share the broadcast and watch what he'll do. We love you. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow at 1145. Lunch plus. Amen. Bye-bye. See ya.